My name is Dr. Kelsey Mills from Victoria, British Columbia, and I'm pleased today to give a review of the presentation by Dr. Cassandra Schufelt at the recent Menopause Society annual meeting in September 2023, which was held in Philadelphia. And today I'm pleased to review her presentation on the Menopause Society 2023 non-hormone therapy position statement. So this is a new statement from the Menopause Society and how they came up with their recommendations was that they assessed the current and available literature and then made some changes to the current recommendations based on the level of evidence and they ranked their level of evidence level one, two, or three. And so you may see some of those references as we go through the presentation. And as we go through the presentation, you may see highlighted some key points, which are information listed directly from this, this new position statement. And then Dr. Schufeld also highlighted the bottom line, which included her summary um, and editorial comments about what she found was most interesting in this presentation. So in the uh, 2022 Menopause Society Hormone Therapy Position Statement, uh, they mention in that statement that non-hormonal options can be important considerations for women who cannot or will not take hormone therapy for management of vasomotor symptoms. And obviously, we have a collection of patients that we might come across who have contraindications to the use of hormone therapy. For example, previous estrogen-sensitive cancers, such as breast cancers, endometrial cancers, women who have a history of smoke, stroke, pardon me, or myocardial infarction, women who have a history of venous thromboembolic disease, such as pulmonary emboli, or a deep vein thrombosis, or a clotting disorder, as well as women who have a uh, history of an inherited high risk for venous thromboembolic disease. Also, we generally are avoiding hormone therapy in people who have active liver disease. So this statement then shares with us how we can help manage people who are not good candidates for hormone therapy, but who still have, uh, you know, moderate to severe vasomotor symptoms. So the first part of this guideline begins talking about the lifestyle components. And the current 2023 guideline states that there is no strong evidence that lifestyle changes such as cooling techniques or avoiding triggers improves vasomotor symptoms. However, we all know patients who can find that uh, these might be helpful to their symptoms. But when we look at the evidence for it, it is not strong. There is also insufficient or poor evidence to consider exercise or yoga as a treatment for vasomotor symptoms. But of course, exercise is critical for part of a healthy lifestyle, and yoga often can also be recommended for women uh, to maintain a healthy lifestyle as at any stage in their life. Healthy diet is important, obviously, for health promotion and chronic disease prevention, but there is limited evidence supporting specific dietary maneuvers as a tool for improving vasomotor symptoms. And you know, an important point of this guideline was that weight loss can be considered for improving vasomotor symptoms. The bottom line, of course, is that we are never going to counsel patients not to exercise, not to have a healthy diet, or not to do yoga and menopause. These are all very good for your health, uh, but studies have just not found improved or sustained benefit 
specifically for management of vasomotor symptoms. And many women have often tried avoiding triggers for their vasomotor symptoms before they reach the office, and that's fine. Um, but the available evidence that states that it may not be helpful. We can also reassure our patients that attempting to um, proceed with weight loss, in addition to helping their overall health, can also help manage hot flashes and night sweats. The guideline then goes on to discuss mind-body techniques. And the statement is that cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, has been shown to reduce bother and interference associated with vasomotor symptoms. As well, clinical hypnosis remains in this guideline. And clinical hypnosis involves inducing a deeply relaxed state and incorporating mental imagery um, and cognitive suggestion. And that's been shown to reduce vasomotor frequency and severity as well. Mindfulness-based stress reduction, also known as MBSR interventions, in the data have been limited by sample size, lack of control group, and have in general not been designed to consider vasomotor symptoms. So we do not currently have enough data to recommend treatment. Techniques like paced breathing and relaxation have previously in the past been recommended. However, we do not have uh, evidence to be able to recommend these for alleviating vasomotor symptoms. The bottom line that Dr. Schufeld states in her presentation is that, of course, breathing and relaxation are good for people, but they may not work for all women for reducing hot flashes or night sweats. And cognitive behavior therapy techniques can be used for improvement of the bother of vasomotor symptoms. And hypnosis can also be effective, and there is evidence for this, but we struggle to have access to this as a treatment for many of our patients. The guideline then moves through prescription therapies that are available for people who cannot or will not take hormone therapy. And Dr. Schufeld begins this part of the this part of her presentation by discussing the various pharmaceutical options. So she discussed selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and serotonin norepinephrine uptake inhibitors, which we refer to as SSRIs and SNRIs, which are mood and anxiety medications. And these can be associated with mild to moderate improvements in vasomotor symptoms. Gabapentin is also associated with improvements in the frequency and severity of vasomotor symptoms. And oxybutynin has been shown to reduce moderate to severe vasomotor symptoms. However, a caution for use of this medication is that we know for older adults that long-term use can be associated with cognitive decline and so we use this class of drugs with caution in them. And then this guideline has now included phasolinitant, which is a first-in-class neurokinin B antagonist acting at a central level, which has FDA approval for management of vasomotor symptoms. Changes to the guideline that Dr. Schiefeld highlighted in 2023 include removing pregabalin, as it is no longer recommended for vasomotor control because of possible adverse events with use of the drug, as well as the fact that it is a controlled substance with prescribing restrictions. Another change is due to evidence of significant adverse events and no recent studies showing benefit greater than placebo. The Menopause Society is no longer recommending the use of clonidine for control of vasomotor symptoms. Here is a part summarizing what Dr. Schufeld had included in her presentation. 
the four major classes of evidence-based medication, which are non-hormonal and are used for control of vasomotor symptoms. Here, she lists the starting dose and dose range in the available literature, and then details some of the possible side effects. The bottom line in Dr. Schufelt's presentation is that there are several prescription therapy options available for the treatment of vasomotor symptoms, which are non-hormonal. There are only two currently that have approval from the FDA in the United States for this indication. One of them is paroxetine, dosed at 7.5 milligrams daily, and the other is phasolinitant, which is 45 milligrams daily. And she stresses the importance of using shared decision-making with selecting a medication that is tailored to the individual patient, what other current medical conditions they might be managing, and evaluating other concerns that they might have. For example, if somebody is also struggling with mood or anxiety, there may be an opportunity to use an SS SSRI or SNRI to help with overlapping symptom control. She then reviews the summary from this guideline in terms of dietary supplements and cannabinoids. And the statements continue to remain that given the lack of rigorous evidence-based research supporting any over-the-counter supplements or herbal treatments, we are not recommending these for management of vasomotor symptoms. The bottom line is that despite the lack of evidence for support of vasomotor symptoms, a detailed discussion of over-the-counter supplements, herbals, and cannabinoids should be taken as part of the medication intake. There is mixed data for soy. And we also understand in this area of herbal supplements that there may be a 20 to 30% placebo effect in non-hormone treatments for vasomotor symptoms and up to 66% placebo effect for women studied with anxiety, which is why some people may perceive a benefit to some of these treatments. Dr. Schufeld also went on to discuss the role of acupuncture in which existing evidence is not able to support its use as a treatment for vasomotor uh, management at this time. And electroacupuncture certainly requires more rigorous study and evidence before it can be recommended. Stellate ganglion blockade, which is an intervention by an anesthesiologist or pain specialist, which involves injection of anesthetic into the sympathetic nerves in the anterior aspect of the neck. And this can alleviate moderate to very severe vasomotor symptoms in select women, but obviously has to be done by somebody with expertise in this area in, or, in order to avoid potential risk. Finally, this section of the guideline also discusses calibration of neural oscillations and chiropractic maneuvers as not recommended. The bottom line in this area of the guideline presentation was that stellate ganglion block can be used for a select group of patients only under the treatment of an experienced anesthesia team, and that acupuncture studies are heterogeneous, may lack a true control, or the control has similar effects. And there are few side effects. It does not interact with medications, but at this time, we're lacking good evidence to recommend this. In summary, the current 2023 position statement as reviewed by Dr. Schufelt at the Menopause Society does recommend weight loss, cognitive behavioral therapy, 
clinical hypnosis, SSRIs and SNRIs, gabapentin, oxybutynin, phasolinotent, and stellate ganglion blocks. At this time, the panel found negative or insufficient evidence. Therefore, the following are not recommended currently. Dr. Schufeld also presented this excellent resource, which is the non-hormone treatment for hot flashes and night sweats MenoNote, which is now based on the up-to-date 2023 guideline, which is available for download off of the menopause.org website and is available in the public domain for our patients to review. In terms of the Canadian clinical perspective, this is obviously a very important guideline for our patients who cannot or will not take hormone therapy. I think from my perspective as a menopause expert, despite the fact that there is insufficient evidence for exercise, yoga, or maintaining a healthy diet, these are key determinants of our health and can be recommended to patients irrespective of their effects on vasomotor symptoms. Currently, we do not have either of the two FDA-approved non-hormonal products available in Canada. Paroxetine is not available or approved in Canada for use for vasomotor control in the specific preparation that it is in the United States. So in Canada, we will often consider using paroxetine uh, 10 milligrams in an off-label use. And phasolinotant, the neurokinin receptor medication, currently has FDA approval and it is under review by Health Canada. When we look back to the 2019 non-hormonal position statement from the North American Menopause Society, we note changes including that oxybutynin is now recommended based on available literature and that pregabalin and clonidine are now removed. I'm pleased to see information about cannabinoids to be able to share with patients that at this time, we're not able to recommend these. This is an important point because we are seeing increasing use of this by women in Canada. It is also important to understand that this non-hormonal guideline is a great resource from the Menopause Society, but Canadian physicians, practitioners, and patients are also welcome to refer to the current Canadian guidelines, which are largely similar and are a joint project through the Canadian Menopause Society and the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada. Thank you very much for attending this summary of Dr. Schufelt's Menopause Society presentation of the Non-Hormonal 2023 Guideline. And thank you very much to Estellas for sponsoring this presentation today.